sometimes it helps to listen to the word spoken rather than sung. Um, what a great thing to pray to the Lord tonight. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done, so that everyone might know your name. Let your song be heard everywhere on earth, till your sovereign work on earth is done. Let your kingdom come. And that's just going to tie in so well with um, what we're talking about tonight. As we talk about gospel partnership, um, whether you've been around church for a while or whether these last few weeks and months have been your first experiences of church, um, you may hear us talk about gospel partnership and think, is this some sort of like weird Christian business venture that I've been suckered into as we talk about gospel partnership? You can ask me to invest, you know, that kind of thing, but it's not that at all. Um, we're actually going to speak a little bit tonight before we hear um, from uh, Yannick and Nathan from Stockwell Baptist. Um, we're going to talk a little bit, asking the question, what exactly is gospel partnership? Because uh, I think it's a good question for us to answer. Um, and by that, also to ask, why have we as a church identified, identified partnering effectively in the gospel as one of our church values? And it's something we've said in... Um, a, a, a time to build is something we want to focus on in the next year. So what exactly is gospel partnership? Gospel partnership is the deliberate choice for churches like ours and other ministries to work together with other churches and ministries, simply put. And the intent is not simply for partnership for partnership's sake. Like, hey, isn't it great to partner, to do things together? Some people like a buddy wherever they go. No, it's not simply that we have someone with us. Collaboration is more effective from a kingdom perspective than working in isolation. The aim is for greater impact in line with that song that we just sang of people having the opportunity to meet, know, and follow Jesus. We say as a church, and we are a part of a, a movement, a group of churches called FIEC, the Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. And this is reflected in their mission when they say they want to see independent churches working together with the vision to reach Britain for Christ. Saying the same thing in a different way. But with that being the case, that we can accomplish more together, we're better together, the fact that um, we partner along these lines is not something we pursue simply because of that or because it like shares the burden and makes life easier. In fact, my experience has been, spoiler alert, partnership can frequently make things more complicated than going alone. More cooks in the kitchen sometimes, different things, right? But partnership in the gospel is something that's found in the pages of the New Testament as we read it. And is a vital element in the mission of the church. Little C, local church like us, King's Church, Stockwell, and Big C, Church Universal. I just want to take us through some one book of, of, uh, of scripture in the New Testament in, in Philippians. If you want to turn there, we have Bibles available for anyone who would like one. The verses I'm going to reference, though, uh, will be available on the screens. If you require a Bible, just pop a hand up and someone will make sure uh, that a Bible gets to you. But in this letter to the Philippians from the Apostle Paul, he spoke of their partnership with him in the gospel. Philippians chapter 1 is a verse I want us to... Chapter 1, I want to hone in on it first. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. 
And the Apostle Paul says in these verses, starting in verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it uh, until the complete completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. The church in Philippi, these believers were co-laborers with Paul in proclaiming the gospel. And as Paul proclaimed the gospel, he planted churches, strengthened the churches that were started for continued kingdom impact in those local communities. That's what this partnership of theirs did. And their mutual aim in all of this was for the gospel to advance. So much so that even circumstances that appeared negative on the surface to Paul he actually calls them to look at it differently. So if you go throughout Philippians, you see this develop. Look at verse 12. Paul was actually imprisoned at this point. And in verse 12, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me was actually, has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So notice something here. They had a shared priority. The shared priority of the gospel advancing allowed them to view what could be considered a negative set of circumstances, i.e. being in prison, as an opportunity for the gospel. That mutual shared priority that they had in partnership allowed them to do that. And as one reads Philippians, gospel partnership included many things. One of which, as we read just a moment ago, was supporting one another through prayer. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance and as I pray for you with thanksgiving. But it also included... And I don't mean this the way I opened up the talk, investing in one another. And I don't mean a financial investment. I mean pouring into one another for enhanced kingdom service together. Look at verse 19 of chapter 2. <clears throat> investing in one another. Paul said this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. That I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Paul's saying he wants to send Timothy to them. And here we see the intent was for him to come was out of concern for their welfare and interest in the Philippians that they might be strengthened. And remember, the whole context of this is in terms of the gospel. I didn't reference this earlier, but Paul said just before this at the end of chapter 2 whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is the context when he says, I want to send Timothy to you to invest in you, to pour into you, that you may conduct yourselves in a manner worthy 
of the gospel, that you may stand together as one. This idea of pouring into one another in terms of gospel partnership, that there might be mutual strengthening so that we can pursue the, the gospel work that God has us to do. And it, it wasn't a one-way relationship. It wasn't as if Paul was saying, well, let me send Timothy to you guys because you need help. You know, you, you guys need help and we'll send Timothy to you. But in the next breath, in chapter 2, in verse 25, he says this. I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, listen to these words again of partnership, fellow worker and fellow soldier who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. So it wasn't a one-way relationship of Paul and Timothy being, Timothy being sent to help the Philippians, but the Philippians had this mutual partnership with Paul in his work. They had sent him Epaphroditus, and we see that he was a messenger who was sent to bless them. They had sent him a gift. So their partnership was not limited to prayer, though we see that. But included personal investment in one another as they made the advance of the gospel their mutual priority. And sometimes this investment in one another took the form of financial support and encouragement. If you go to the end of Philippians in chapter 4, starting at verse 15, it says this. I'll read verse 14 first. It won't be on the screen. It says, it was good of you to share in my troubles, in that partnership idea. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. And then he goes on, he says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even, even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. The reason I walked us through these various movements in the book of, of Philippians was to help you see that this, in this gospel relationship between Paul and this Philippian church, this idea of partnership permeated all that they did as they made the advance of the gospel in their world, in their time, their priority. It was a, an observable dynamic in the New Testament as the apostles and the early church sought to obey the Great Commission, to go make disciples of all nations. And as the Apostle Paul did that, when they worked together, there was, under the Lord, there was more opportunities that became apparent, more resources that were available, and more joy as they shared in the work together. As Paul and his entourage went and proclaimed the gospel, and they started and planted churches, and as he continued to strengthen the churches that they were all partnered with, that the gospel might go forward. And this is true of us too. This is why gospel partnership is something we've said we value and something we pursue. Because we see it in the dynamics of the New Testament church as they did this. And it does lead to more opportunities for the gospel in our day too. And more resources available in our region or globally. And the joy that we share in the Lord's work. 
So that's in essence what gospel partnership looks like. It can take different forms in different times in different places because the relationships can be unique as the people who are engaging in them and, and the churches that are engaging those ministries. But why have, have we as a church, King's Church, identified this specifically, partnering effectively in the gospel as one of our church values? That's the second question. But I bet you that's begging another question. What are values anyway? You know, those things just kind of get bantied around and it's like corporate talk it feels like. And it's not really because values, they're just things. Values represent shared convictions that guide what we do. It's as simple as that. There's lots of things as a church that we could be doing. I mean, the, the playing field is, is miles wide, but you can't cover all of it. God has called us uniquely to do something. And these values represent shared convictions that, that guide our actions. And they can be things that have been true and wonderful that the Lord has done among us over years. But they can also be things that we aspire to. Values are act like, um, like a filter a bit. And what it enables us to do is you can't do everything, but you can do something. And what are the some things that God has called us to do as a church? Help us make decisions that are wise and contribute to that shared priority of the gospel advancing through the ministry of this church. God has called us that sense of identity that we have felt coming as we've walked through a journey as a church over the last few years. We've used a term called a hub <laughs> A hub for gospel transformation. And even that implies partnership. Because the idea of a hub, if, if that turns you off, the idea of a hub is not that we say, we're it, come to us. The idea of a hub is that we say, God has placed us here to bless as far out as we possibly can in gospel partnership. A hub is not a destination. It's a place from which resources and people and partnership emanates out. Because we believe our mission is to invite all people into an ever-growing relationship with our King Jesus. That more and more people need to have the opportunity to meet, know, and follow him. And so over the last two years, you perhaps have heard some of these things leaking out in our communication at times. You may have heard us say, we pray before we act. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you've heard any of these. But we pray before we act. We're equipped by the word to serve. We grow best in community, like life groups. We partner effectively in the gospel. In fact, I think it was on the slide that we had this morning and some of our other communication. We always ask in faith, what's next? These are just simple little things. As we've looked at the life of this church going backwards, where we are now, and moving forwards, we said these are the things that we want. There's lots of things that could shape us. But what are a few things that we can get our hands on that we can all remember together and say this is what's going to help shape us in the, in the next season? And a time to build came out of that. A time to build, the season we're, around in, we're now in, reflects some of these values. Did you hear them? Grow, train or equip and partner. And it's this value of partnership in part that has been What's shaping our next season of ministry at King's Church, believing again that God has called us to be a place and a people 
that invite everyone we come into contact with, our sphere of influence, into that ever-growing relationship with King Jesus. And we have a unique call to do that as a hub, to have an impact beyond Chesington. That's who God has called us to be. So we're seeking to partner effectively, not just to partner for partnership's sake. We could just have a a list a mile long of, of that. But we want to do it effectively, to do it in a way where we're investing in one another, that it's mutual, and that it leads to more opportunity for the gospel and other ministries to flourish as well as our own. And so that's why we're excited tonight. That kind of sets the stage for us to hear from Yannick and from Nathan who have come from Stockwell Baptist and um, over the course of time, a uh, few years, how, how long has it been now? A year and, well, it's been, a, I was brought to my attention that it was nearly, was it exactly a year ago? I think I was told that Yannick came and spoke on a Sunday morning. I remembered it was from Ephesians. It was a great message, by the way. Uh, 